Hello, and welcome to episode 35 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Zoe. Hello. And this is Mike. Hello. And today is a Mike episode. It is. Off you go then, love. Okay. In late 2000, a person began posting on various message boards online, usually going by the pseudonym Time Travel underscore Zero. He started posting on the Time Travel Institute's message boards initially, talking about time travel in general, as well as what a time machine would need to have in order to work. He also responded to questions about how the machine would work. In 2001, Time Travel underscore Zero began posting on the Art Bell BBS forums and introduced himself as John Titor. Titor then claimed to be a soldier from 2036, based out of Tampa, Florida. His mission was to go back to 1975 to get an IBM 5100 computer, which had the necessary equipment to stop a computer virus which decimated the world in 2036. So far, so Terminator. The IBM 5100 runs the APL and basic programming languages and was needed to debug various legacy programs in 2036, which is reminiscent of the Unix 2038 problem, which in itself is kind of similar to the Y2K bug. Titer had been chosen for this mission specifically, as his paternal grandfather had been involved with the assembly and programming of the IBM 5100 machine. But since programming languages aren't inherited like spoken languages, personally, I'm at a loss as to how this would help the mission. Titer had stopped off in the year 2000 for a kind of temporal vacation to get some R&R, recover some family photos that had gone missing in the Great Upheaval, and also decided to visit his then three-year-old self, presumably to test all posited time travel paradoxes. Over the coming months, Taito responded to questions other posters had replied with. He described future events to them, always with the caveat that alternative realities exist, and so his timeline might not match up with ours. He urged people to learn first aid, and to stop eating beef as mad cow disease was a serious threat in his timeline. Taito also provided a number of technical specifications about how time travel worked, including complex algorithms, and photos of his time travel machine which oddly were rather grainy and difficult to make out. He even showed his future military insignia. Taito described his time machine on several occasions stating that the device was installed in the rear of a 1966 Chevrolet Corvette, not quite a DeLorean. <laughs> in the early posts he described the device as a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities that produced a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Basically, it ran on two contained miniature black holes that spun in opposite directions. It also contained two magnetic housing units that contained the black holes, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, a cooling and X-ray venting system, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, and three main computer units. Titer even posted pages from the machine's user manual online. Titer claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics was correct, sometimes known as the many worlds interpretation. Think Marvel's multiverse and branching timelines seen in the Loki series. 
According to Taito, his time travel caused a new time stream to form. Luckily, he didn't mention anything about Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> this also has the added and surely unintended effect of giving Taito a get-out-of-jail-free card. If any of his predictions fail to come to pass, which all the major ones have so far, it can be claimed that either Taito's actions in retrieving the IBM 5100 averted the disasters, or else those events happened on a different timeline. Convenient. On March the 24th, 2001, John Titor left his final piece of advice for dealing with the coming apocalypse. Bring a can of gas with you when the car dies on the side of the road. And then signed off, apparently forever, as he has not been heard from since. In 2003, Oliver Williams, a Titor fan who has been accused of being the man himself, launched JohnTitor.com. The site tracks Titor's apparent predictions and offers an amalgamation of all of his posts over the four-month period he was posting online. In the same year, the John Titor Foundation, a for-profit LLC, self-published John Titor, A Time Traveller's Tale, which is basically a bound version of the message board posts, and used copies of which are being sold for up to $130 each on Amazon. In 2004, members of George Mason University put on a multimedia rock opera based on Taito. Coast to Coast AM, the popular late-night radio show that covers similar topics to our own little show, covered the Taito story extensively, by both original host Art Bell and his successor, George Noori, and devoted several episodes to the topic. Various listeners called into the show to ask things like, is Titor a godsend sent as an angel to warn us? And, do you think there's any possibility he was a space alien? George Nouri was also contacted in 2006 by Lawrence Haber, who said he was a lawyer representing Kay Titor, who in turn claimed to be John's mother. An interview was set up during which Kay cleared up pretty much nothing at all, which, for a woman yet to live through the times John described, sounds about right. Think Sarah Connor being interviewed sometime near the beginning of the Terminator. She'd have no clue as to what was happening, right? After that particular episode, Coast to Coast AM tracked the timeline proposed by Titor, looking for clues in current events which may foreshadow events that Titor predicted, sometimes specifically and sometimes more vaguely. In 2008, the Italian TV show Voyager began an investigation into the John Titor Foundation and discovered that the company's listed CEO was none other than Lawrence Haber, the lawyer representing K. Titor. Another amateur sleuth, John Houston, turned up a P.O. box in Florida, stated variously as in Celebration or Kissimmee, that belonged to the Foundation. The P.O. box was investigated and nothing useful was found. But what were Titor's predictions? Well, for one thing, Titor predicted a second American Civil War beginning in 2005. The divisive issues would centre around order and rights, and would see civil unrest around the presidential election in that year. Titor described the civil conflict as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse, culminating in 2008. This war would have left America splintered into five factions, based on differing military objectives. Then, ultimately, nuclear war was to break out in 2015, ending the American Civil War with the Russians and Americans trading warheads. 
ultimately becoming World War III and leaving three billion people dead. Taito called the beginning of the war N-Day and mentioned specifically Washington DC and Jacksonville, Florida being hit by nukes. Go Jaguars. Bortles! <laughs> Taito mentioned the hostilities being led by border clashes and overpopulation and also spoke of how the contemporary conflict between Arabs and Israel as not a cause but a milestone that preceded World War III. He also mentioned joining the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit based out of Florida, for at least four years from being 13 years old in 2011, but in other posts he describes himself as hiding from the war. Despite the explosions, damage to the environment, nuclear winter, radioactive fallout and EMP blasts, the human race survives. That is, until a computer bug eventually destroys the world as we know it, unless the selfless hero Titer can manage to stop fooling around in 2000 and get back to 1975 to grab the IBM 5100, use the basic programming skills presumably drilled into him by his granddad, and save the rest of us apparently hapless mouth breathers. He also said that Kreutzfeld Jakob disease was rampant on his timeline and tried to encourage people to avoid eating beef. Additionally, Titer showed interest in UFOs and aliens, which, rather disappointingly, he said were still unsolved in his time, and suggested they might be time travellers from further into the Earth's future, with superior machines. Titer also predicted no Olympic Games past 2004, which has been demonstrably incorrect, at least on our timeline. So who was the mysterious John Titer? Private investigator Mike Lynch found no registry evidence, past or present, of any individual named John Titor. But it could be argued that's because he's from the future, although Titor's own story listed himself as 3 in 2000. An IP address associated with Titor's postings also led back to Kissimmee, Florida. Various people have been suggested as Titor, including Oliver Williams, the founder of JohnTitor.com, Marlin Polman, a computer engineer who filed a patent for the time travel machine in 2004 that back-engineered concepts found in Titer's posts. Polman was later arrested for drugging and sexually assaulting four women. The most common explanation is given as the entertainment lawyer and CEO of the John Titer Foundation, Larry Haber, and his brother, Maury, aka Richard Haber, being behind Titer's postings. Maury was a computer scientist and was suggested by John Houston after he performed a side-by-side -side analysis of phrase usage, although that hardly narrows down the field to just one person. But perhaps the reason that the John Titor story is still talked about today is the fact that it remains unsolved. Was it some grand hoax that quit while it was ahead and left people wanting more? Or did a time traveller really bother to stop by some internet message boards to discuss future events and the mechanics of time travel during a layover in 2000. Taito shows up in a few places in modern media, most notably in Stein's Gate, an anime, manga and visual novel game, featuring a time-travelling microwave that can send texts to the past. <laughs> there was also talk of a John Taito movie, which is still listed as in development on imdb.com as a sci-fi documentary, which seems to be mutually exclusive, but fine. Lastly, Remember I mentioned Kang the Conqueror? Yeah. Well, it turns out that in an issue of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Taita is listed in Deadpool's Guide to Supervillains card set as an alias of Kang. 
Maybe Marvel knows more than they're letting on and are prepping us for the existence of alternate realities by way of predictive programming, which is a whole other topic entirely, and using their famously fourth wall breaking hero to do so. Meta. What do you think? So, what if in this reality, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually called Marvel? Interesting. <gasps> Ooh. Dun dun dun. Have I just figured it out? <laughs> I've got goosebumps. Oh. They're coming for us now. Run! Okay. Possibly not the most important thing that you have said through the, the last half an hour or so, or yeah. however long you've been talking. Your your multimedia rock opera. Yeah. I now have visions of people dancing around a stage with paint and iPads. <laughs> paint and iPads. Multimedia. Oh God. <laughs> And a 1966 Chevrolet Corvette. Like spinning and dancing and like, like holding them out and just not actually painting or using them. They're just holding them and like doing little circles with their arms. and dance. Yeah, yeah, like dancing and flipping and maybe Uh, they're flashing lights and the different paint colours. I don't know. Well, safe to say, due to my absolute hatred of musicals, I will not be watching it. I'm kind of getting feels of kind of a bit like the Blue Man Group. Because they, they, that was multimedia because they had paint and ping pong balls and yeah. toilet roll. I mean, that was amazing. And I feel like, because they did actually kind of act like they were weirdly alien, like they didn't understand anything. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Were. Yeah. So. What an odd, I'm just, I'm just on my way to save like humanity and the earth as we know it. But I just thought I'd stop off <laughs> and let you know. To not eat beef because you might get mad cow disease. Yeah. What? Also, carry a can of gas in with you, which... What? I, I get where he's going, but that's terrible advice. You yeah. should not carry petroleum spirit of any kind with you. What, just like in your handbag? Just I've, I've got a Coke bottle. Well, I'm assuming you meant in the car, but even that is incredibly dangerous and you yeah, really you, shouldn't I mean, do it. Back in the day, people did used to carry their little petrol can full of spare you know just yeah. in case but i think that was back when i think back, en- back when we didn't have fuel less... gauges basically yeah, yeah. well no, we ha- i think there's always been kind of not something. in early cars i wouldn't have thought you just know. listened hmm. for it running out i guess i don't know maybe i, I don't guess know, people but, didn't used yeah. to do such mo- well no they would do long distance trips wouldn't they well, but... that was the whole point of cars really wasn't it yeah well, it depends what you thought of long distance, because these days we go, oh, going to London's long distance, but that's because it's in a car, and mm. it's long distance in a car. But if I said to you, let's walk to Littleport, that would be long distance if we were walking. Yeah. Well, I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. So it takes about eight miles for anybody that's not from yeah. here. <laughs> okay. But you know you know what I mean? It's all like, it's all relative, isn't it? Like, it's all yes. perspective. What an odd guy. Yeah. I feel like... There was too many little bits and bobs that, like, that have a can of petrol with you. Yeah. That kind of dates it because we're already pushing for alternate fuels. Yeah, exactly. You'd think from the time he was from. Although he was referring to when it happened, kind of more to our, I think, 2015, he said that that World War Three breaks out. and. Yeah, I mean, he could have warned us about the pandemic. Also, yeah, well, yeah, that's one thing. That's like you know, quite a big thing. Oh, careful of CJD, which, you know, really didn't affect that many people. And I'm incredibly sorry for the people it did affect, but it wasn't very many. But yeah, you'd think he could have gone, oh, and by the way, 
2016, all the celebrities are going to die. Yeah. 2020, shitstorm. So, well, yeah. Um, I mentioned to you about a particular... I can't remember the name of it now because it was named after a Russian scientist who, who discovered it, but it was a particular effect whereby if something is left unfinished, it commands yes. more of our attention than something yes. that's finished. And you were kind of like, well, duh, obviously, because once you've finished something, you don't need to remember it anymore, which I absolutely agree with. It, it is fairly common sense, but it's one of those things that kind of science has to put a stamp on and go, right, yeah. we understand that that's now a thing. Like, you know, the, there was a it's study like a done to, to, to find list. out why It's like a to-do list. You don't write things you've already finished on a to-do list, do you? Yeah, exactly. Just, so, you know, you only write things that you are either in the process of doing or need to be done. And that's like your internal to-do list is yeah. like that. You just... And they were saying that basically the, the reason that this became such a big story is because it happened in the relatively early days of the internet. Yeah. When, you know, we were less jaded than we are now. And it was saying, like, you know, now if somebody posts a picture of their cat online doing something crazy, at least one of the comments will be, oh, fake, you know. Because yeah. there's this kind of scepticism that goes along with, you know, you don't believe everything you see on the internet. Because really a lot don't. of it is just absolute cack. So they were saying that basically that hadn't kicked in yet. So people were more likely to believe something. And they said, and the, the other thing is, if it wasn't tighter, it would have been something else. Yeah, you know, something else true. would have captured the imagination. And we have these little kind of moments where something on the internet just blows up really big for a, a short time. And, and some of them have kind of lasting effects. So with a lot of older mysteries, we've kind of come to just accept that we will never know because it happened such a long time ago when there wasn't the right. kind of records yeah. that we have today. But with this, with this it's, it's, it's it was 20 done, years ago. It was on the internet, so there's lots and lots of proof. We should be able to track back. You know, there's, there's all those things that... If if we ever found out, well, like his mum, if we, yeah, if he was supposedly three years old, we could have met him. We should know exactly who he is. Exactly. So and the if fact they interviewed that not her, much came out of it so, sounds like Larry Haber hired an actress and went. By the way, your name's Kay Titor, and you need yeah. to say this, this, and this at some point. Yeah, and it's like so. If you know yeah. where she is, and he said he would be three years old at that time, we know exactly what year he was born. Yeah. So we should. No, like if she didn't have a kid, he doesn't exist. And then I know there's that whole argument of in this timeline. It's like, well, then why did he come to this timeline to tell us all this shit? Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, sort it out. Surely you would go back to your own timeline's past. Because also, if you've come to our timeline to but, fix your timeline, our timeline might be different. So the information that you're getting from our timeline might not be the stuff you need. I think. I think the idea is that maybe Sorry, on their timeline there. there was there was. <laughs> Either either on their timeline there was some problem with getting this IBM 5100 machine, so they came back to our timeline to get one because they knew they could. Yeah. Or you don't have a lot of control over which timeline you go back to. You just go back and then... Or thirdly, oh. by going back, you alter the timeline. So by coming back at all, the timeline changes. Okay. By posting stuff online, the timeline changes. Here's the thing. You know... If you have a working time machine, yeah, right, and you say to yourself, I intend to go back and do this, yeah, could you change history without even going 
like your hit like your future without even going back, back. yeah could you say well i've got the t- so i've got the ability to do that and just me thinking it do i have to do it interesting it's thought. kind of like that weird loop of is it, is, i can, intend can it's thought like, change the future or or is it only action is it one of those things where if you've got a time machine you go well, I know that in the past I was in like prison and no one, or like I was in this situation where no one came to rescue me. Yeah. I'm going to go back and tell past me, but like beyond that, oh, don't worry, if you're in prison, I'll come and get you out. Yeah. But then would you end up in prison? It's, and need it's someone the to whole, help you. Ex- I'm, I'm not quite matrix, sure where my loop it? is going, but there's like so many different ways you could do it because it's almost like if the possibility is there and you think it, if you could do it, do you have to even do it? Yeah. To make it. Or is happen? the thought enough? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I say, it's like that bit in the Matrix. Don't worry about the vase. What vase? And he smashes it. And then she's like, um, what will bake your noodle later on is would you have broken it if I hadn't said anything? Yeah. And that's you like. Yeah. 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 There's there's you know so what? many unknowns around kind of time travel. You said vase. But I know I you did were quoting. Because I was quoting. I say, yeah. But there was no vase. Yeah. Well, no, there wasn't, was there? Just like there's no spoon. Exactly. Yeah. There was a thing I read a while back, which I I think I said to you ages ago, which was that I saw a thing online that said, whenever you're dealing with time travel, people travel to the past. Any story where people travel to the past, they're always like, oh, I can't do this because I'll change the time. I mustn't do that. You know, I can't meet myself. I can't do this and that and the other. But nobody in the present ever thinks about taking that much care about what they do in life. Because in theory, if changing exactly, if in theory, if changing like you know one small thing in the past could completely change the future, then everything we do now changes changes the future, future, and nobody thinks twice about it, you know. So yeah, it was kind of an interesting thought of like the oh my god, you know, I better not get out of bed. But then if I don't, does that change the future? So we don't know because we haven't lived it yet. Exactly, but you might as well just carry on doing what you're doing. It's also you've got to decide or discover whether time is circular or linear yeah because if you go back in time whatever you did has already been done or has it because if time is linear it hasn't yeah but if it's circular it has so it doesn't matter what you do it will always end up or you could be under the like thing of the belief where there's like those these things have to happen what they call like pivotal moments which it doesn't matter what you do it will always happen well, I was reading a, a very interesting article recently about time. Yeah. And there is, and I'm pretty sure he was in Cambridge, this professor. Yeah. He has posited a new theory of time, Ooh. which is there is no such thing as time. It doesn't exist at all. There is no past. There is no future. There is just an endless succession of moments that we call now. And time yeah. as we think about it doesn't exist at all we invented it yeah oh yeah it's an arbitrary invention completely you know we measured the rate of change in certain things and decided to stick a label on it like we would measure other dimensions we're just slowly being killed by plants so they can eat us fungus generally yeah yeah well you know but like you know plants they produce oxygen we breathe it we breathe it which ages us. Which, yeah, which and actually then, has the effect of slowly killing us because it's yeah. a toxin. Yeah. And then we just die and rot and the plants go, woohoo, yep. and eat us. Yeah. 
So yeah. basically, we're all slave to the plants. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we were discovering that when we were watching that mushroom documentary the yep. other night about the mycelium network and things like that. And it's crazy. Yeah. They're all plotting against us. They're they're just waiting for us. You know, you can eat as many mushrooms as you like, but they'll get you in the end. It doesn't matter if they uh, make you see God, if you float (laughs) around anywhere, or if they're just super tasty. Yeah. Or they kill you in the end. In which case, yeah. They just quicken the process. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. The mushrooms (laughs) will outlast you. Yeah. and Whatever. There was was another thing I was was reading about. Somebody had a weird little web comic, and mm -hmm. they were saying... It was like a, a D&D adventuring party and they came up against like a mushroom monster and the mushroom monster was just like, you cannot kill me in any way that makes a difference. And actually you were like, okay, that's a bit of a weird thing to say. But it actually goes on about like the life cycle of fungi. You yeah. you can't kill it. It doesn't make any difference. You can eat as many mushrooms as you like. There'll always the mycelium be mushrooms. network still exists yeah. and it will do long after we're gone kind of thing. It's okay, um, we'll just keep eating you. Yeah. And eating you. You can keep coming back and we'll just be really full. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Not me, though. I don't like mushrooms. Yeah. Well, I remember there was a program, a film possibly, where someone, there was a like a poisonous fungus thing and it touched their arm and their arm then turned into fungus, but then they ate their arm. And it, this sounds like a dream you've had, if I'm honest. It could have. No, no, I no. It, I think I have dreamt about it, but I'm sure there was a film or something where this. It was almost like it had not tentacles, but like almost like a Venus flytrap style thing where right. it cl- chomped down on their arm, and they were like, "Oh no, no, it's fine. It's a bit itchy." And slowly, it kind of fungusified. And but then it just sent them a bit doolally as well, and they just started eating their own arm. Well, there is there is a theory that the evolution of human beings was spurred on by the ingesting of hallucinogenic mushrooms. Really? Yeah. So basically they think that at some point we were essentially great apes. Okay. And as intelligent as, you know, great apes are. Yeah. You know, there's the video of the gorilla online where you, you somebody tries to feed it and it signs, I am not allowed to be fed by visitors. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So even the gorilla's like, dude, come on, even that, I know I, this I, shit. I, Like, yeah. I know this. You read yeah. the sign, mate. Come um, on. <laughs> but yeah, the the idea is that we ingested, like, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And, and saw the future. Saw God and had a chat. And we're like, okay, so we're going to be a bit more intelligent from now on. That didn't work, did it? No, it didn't last very ah. long. No, no. Um, but they're, they're now looking at psilocybin, if I'm pronouncing that anywhere near correct. Who knows? I'm terrible at pronouncing stuff. They're looking at it as uh, microdosing it as a treatment for depression because it's incredibly effective, apparently. Wow. Treating. And it's, they're, they're even looking at it in like mainstream medicine now as a cure for depression. Not Maybe not a cure is the right word. but A balance. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of, um, that thing about the, the gorilla signing and things just yeah. makes me think there was, there was a, a parks department in America that we're trying to look at how to lessen bears in the area, basically. Because obviously, if there are bears, people don't come. Yeah, okay. So they don't... are they trying to get rid of them and like move them away or reduce the number of bears overall? The, like... Well, it wasn't about like culling them. It right, was, okay. It was okay. more about deterring them yeah. and trying to figure out ways. And obviously, a lot of the reason bears will enter the area food. is because humans leave food lying around. Food. Yogi bear. And the. The director of this parks department was quoted as saying, the difficulty we have is that there is some considerable overlap 
between the smartest bears and the dumbest humans that we have. Oh, my goodness. So he was saying that, you know, they, they were trying to put kind of lever systems into the into the bins and trash receptacles and things like that. So when people put stuff in, you couldn't get it back out. Yeah. And Except you know, the humans were, are too stupid to use the bins and the, and bears, the bears are, are too, too clever, clever to, to, not to not figure know. it out, basically. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently wow. some of the smartest bears are, yeah, possibly cleverer than some of the dumbest <laughs> humans, which... Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, you know... But yeah, it's it, it was it's an interesting case because you've got this guy who just comes online, starts posting about time travel, claims to be from the future, and then disappears after four months. Which yeah. the, I think the most intriguing thing about it is because you've got this caveat of oh well, this isn't my timeline. You know, this stuff happened in a different timeline. Blah blah blah. You've always got that what if. And also, anyone can start making predictions, and it's kind of like oh, the, the monkey and the typewriter writing Shakespeare yeah, yeah, thing, isn't it? Yeah. You write enough, something will, will they'll bring it in, the and they'll go, sticks, "Oh, yeah. it could be, it could have been this, and it could have been that." Yeah. It's like, well, unless you give us specific dates, times, areas, and well, all this of is that, it. He did, you know. I mean, he said there will be no Olympics after two thousand four, yeah, and, and was completely and wrong, completely wrong on our timeline. But again, you've got the Ugh. caveat of what if him doing that? Because, the, you know, the idea was that he went back, got this computer, and then therefore they used it to either... Cause well, the thing like, is, if they're fixing the future, they shouldn't be changing the past, should they? Well, yeah, but the thing is, he stopped off in 1975. So from 1975 onwards, yeah. if he's got that computer and can debug the problems that they had, he resolves that paradox. Because you wouldn't go back to 2036, you'd go back to whenever oh, it started happening, oh, I wouldn't thought you? you meant that he had to go back to the 70s to get something to take it forward in time, to solve something in his time, well, but not did. affecting But like, you wouldn't us. go back to the point where it's already happened. You'd go back to the point where it started to happen, yeah, and, you... and, or before well, it happened, I don't know. and fix it then. Because about the whole like ripple effect... You could stop so many things that need to happen. And in, in, like, if you go, okay, so let's say you've got something in the 70s that will fix the thing in, what was it? Um, 2036. 36. Yeah. But the problem started in blur. Yeah. Okay. You've got to be really careful because it is like that whole don't do anything, you know, don't be seen, don't be doodah. Yeah. If he goes to when it began, there could be some really, really important things that need to happen. Yeah. That actually it would make more sense to just go to where you are from, sort and use the thing to sort it out and cut. Yeah. Then, because what about all the other branches? Exactly. Well, the thing, the idea being that by doing this, you would save more lives than just letting it happen. Yeah, but also, but what about the like, lives that won't ever happen because you did it? Well, that's just collateral damage, then I guess, isn't it? Well, you could look at that in both ways, though, couldn't you? Yeah. But what I'm saying is if, if if the Y2K bug had been as bad as everybody thought it was going to be, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't go back to 2000 with the cure. You'd go back to 1999 or 1989 or, you know, however long you needed mm. to fix the problem to fix it before it happened. So, but again, as soon as you start talking about time travel, it gets so twisty. you just get all these paradoxes. Madness. And the only way that that it either you've got two options it's well three options you either deal with the paradoxes infinite options yeah 
you deal with the paradoxes or else the universe has some way of fixing time streams by itself. It like has the some universe way of healing, gives a shit. But, you know, time has a way of mending itself, for example. Or everything is predetermined and will happen anyway. And no choices we make matter at all. Like Battlestar Galactic. Yeah. All of this has happened before. And all, all of this, this will, will happen, happen again. again. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the major and options, I think. I'm really. sure that's what was going to happen in The Expanse. Could be. God damn it. So we have just finished watching five seasons of The Expanse. Cracking show if you haven't seen it. I think we mentioned it last episode, didn't we? Possibly. I don't know, but it got cancelled. Yeah, after so season five. the cliffhangers. Well, actually, it got cancelled after season three. Then Amazon bought it, picked it up. made two more seasons (laughs) and then cancelled it again if anyone out there knows anybody just just tell them just to make another season and just like you know wrap it up wrap it up a bit because those little little scenes where they don't say anything but you just see some stuff and you go what it it kind of seemed like it got cancelled after they'd finished the season because nothing was wrapped up something like angel where they were like oh okay now we've got to do a ton of stuff in like three episodes whoop whoop um, and run <laughs> yeah and yeah this this seemed like it was definitely okay we're setting this all up for next season oh my goodness here's all the hanging threads that you're amazing need season to know about. that it would have been i'm sure and then yeah. but it is it's it is really really good very good Some but superb if you're like effects. me and need closure on pretty much yeah. every little loose thread <laughs> you will Lose your shit. In yeah, the last we, episode. we discovered that, that Zoe is really affected by this effect, which I can't remember what it is. I'm going to have to look it up. Basically, um, if we watch something with a cliffhanger, I and and it doesn't get answered. I don't like those slice of life things because I want to know. I want to know everything that happened. It happens with books okay. as well. I don't like it. Yeah, here we go. It's the Zyganic Zyganic effect. So the Zyganic effect is named after the Russian psychologist Bloomer Zyganik, who noticed an odd thing while sitting in a restaurant in Vienna. The waiters seemed only to remember orders which were in the process of being served. When completed, the orders evaporated from their memory. And again, because if it's been completed, you don't need to remember it. But it's one of those things that it kind of seems obvious, but once you start looking into it, it's probably more complicated than that. It's, I know um, that people's minds work in different ways because, like, you don't remember anything, whether you're doing it, you've done it, or you need to do it. Whereas no. I remember everything and try to do everything, even when I'm not supposed to be doing it. See, this this is why I think that Cambridge professor's theory holds water because yeah. I don't really have much of a past and I don't think about the future much. I have a past. I just don't remember much of it. Certain standout bits, but basically, I live in the three You're very minutes much, that yeah. exist now. Because you do find it really is, difficult to plan as well, don't yeah, you? Like if you well, say, "Oh, I've got an hour to do this," function disorder, which yeah. is an issue that I have, whereby time just doesn't process the same. For if, me if you as, had as ten jobs people. that all take five minutes and you had to get them done by a certain time, you would wait until five minutes before that time and try and do all of them. Yeah, that's basically much. it. You that's, wouldn't go. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I'm like, well, I've got an hour and I'm going to do all of these and I'd get done before the hour's up. Yeah. I have no sense of approaching things. Yeah. You're... So like if something's got to be done in a week, it might as well, somebody might as well say, well, it needs to be done in four years because the difference is negligible to me. Yeah. 
it's like until it's right in front of my face and it has to be done i'm like no whatever i mean i work better under pressure but yeah i'm also very good at planning the only the only time i actually got around that was at uni when i did my dissertation and i had my dissertation finished three days before it was due me I worked really, really hard. I got first for my dissertation. I was the first person on my course to get a first on their dissertation. My dissertation was the reason I didn't get a first oh, in my degree. Because it was rubbish. It was rubbish because I'm <laughs> I'm not good at writing. I yeah. I couldn't do the subject that I wanted to do, and yeah. I'm just re- I just really I I did an, a costume based desi- like design course. Yeah. And I'm I'm an art person. I'm not a writing person. So it was really so even weird. those words made no yeah. sense. One of my friends at uni, he was very organized and like was all his assignments were done ahead of time. He had plenty of time to revise anything if he needed to. Handed them all in, perfect. Came to his dissertation and he fell apart basically. Best bless him. And like I say, I finished mine 3 days ahead of time, then discovered that I had to have it double spaced. And hadn't double spaced it, so then I had to double space it. Had you had it bound and everything as well? No, no. Luckily, I hadn't had it printed or bound at that point. But I had it. I then had to double space it, and then I had to go back and do redo the entire contents. Oh shit! Because all the page numbers and footnotes and things, all of that. Yeah, bugger. But because I'd done it three days ahead of time, I had time, time. and I did all that in one day. Got it to the printers, and even the guy at the printers went, "This is a monster." Because we were supposed to yeah. do about 10,000 words and I did closer to uh, nearly 15,000, 20,000 words for my dissertation to the point like... where I was worried I was going to get marked down because I'd done so, so much. Yeah. But a lot of it was external references and things like that yeah. and stuff that I'd brought in. So it wasn't technically part of the word count. So I got away with it anyway. Well done. But that. yeah, but the, the, the day that it was due to be handed in, the deadline was like 8 p.m., at 6pm, I was sitting in his house with him going, do you think I should rewrite the thing? The, the beginning part, this this opener. You're like, I go like, hand it in, you twat You need bag. to get it to the printers Oh, now. shit. He hadn't had it printed. For some reason, it I just took mine, all like, went the to morning, pot on his dissertation. It was that bizarre. morning, there was a queue of us at the yeah. printers holding our big wadge of, of paper. And they were just like, money, 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 yeah. money, money, money. Well, I'd, I'd <laughs> Love done this mine, day of the year. I'd done mine the day before. Because like I say, I, I had three days... I was finished. Then I had to redo the the spacing and the contents. Yeah. But that took me a day. So then two days before, I went and took it to the printers. And I walked in. There was nobody there. Yeah. Printed it in front of me, and I walked out. The next day, apparently, there were queues out the door because everybody left it to the last minute. Well, say luckily, our uni. Well, it wasn't a uni. It was a college affiliated with a uni, and there was only two degree courses. Yeah. And so there was only what. At most 60 people and I don't know if the other course had the same deadline day as us mm. but it was just just us and there was a printer literally the other side of the road from the college yeah so everyone just went there but it was like you got there they could easily do 60 people in one day yeah well so. I think this was the main printers and ours wasn't the only university in the city oh yeah so See? it was like Ugh. but yeah my, we, we managed to get my friend to the printers got it printed out and I think he handed it in with literally like two minutes to spare. Bloody hell. And I was like, 
yeah, you, you, you can't that start gutting. rewriting it with it's two like, hours yeah, to go. I've done three years worth of work. Yeah. I've been super organised, yeah. based everything, yeah. and I was two minutes late. Yeah, <laughs> Damn. No, he, he got it in on time, but yeah. unfortunately the sample size he'd used for his stuff yeah. is basically because we did a course that was based around video games. Yeah. And I did a massive questionnaire with kind of interesting stuff that I knew would appeal to gamers. And my dissertation was about the importance of character in video games. Yeah. So I did things like I took uh, pictures of iconic game characters and turned them into silhouettes and then said, right, who are these? Who's this? Yeah. And put it online on every kind of game related forum I could do and said, if anybody wants to do this, fill it in, send it back to me. I had over 200 responses nice um and people were going have you got any more of those questions oh those silhouettes are really good and blah, blah. And i was like look i'm sorry i'm doing this for uni this is I, I don't have time to do more for fun at the moment but if i do get time i will but i had like loads of responses he did i can't remember what his subject was but it was it was to do with actually working in games yeah so he sent his surveys off to games companies and none of them replied four Wow. He got four responses uh, to the, like the dissertation tutor was just like, this isn't a sample size. Yeah. You can't draw you any can't. conclusions from this. And I was like, you sent it to companies where people are already working full pelt. Yeah. They don't have time, don't have time to, to answer this. your questions for some uni student that they don't know and don't really care yeah. about. If you put it online, people have got time. Yeah, because even if you'd put you know, it online and yeah. said, look, if you work in the industry, have you got a minute? Because when people are at home surfing yeah. the net, they can go, they oh, might, yeah. yeah they might do that. But to send it actually to the companies, you'd no. be lucky if half of them even got open. Yeah, that's it. So. Bless. Yeah. But yeah, he did go on to work as a game designer oh. and then quit and became a teacher because it was awful, apparently. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, the private eye that looked into the John Titor Foundation, which yeah. turned out to be owned by the entertainment lawyer again, yep. <laughs> which doesn't sound at all dodgy. Not at all dodgy. But yeah, John Houston, apparently they'd said to him, so what piqued your interest in this case? And he was like, oh, I've always been kind of interested in time travel and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, when did you get interested in it? He was like, about, about 1985, <laughs> when Back to the Future yeah, came out. I was going to yeah. say, what? Yeah. <laughs> When we all did, yeah. when we all said, hmm. Apparently it, that film got him into cars and time travel. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, those amazing. Those have been his like, lifelong loves, which is weird because that, that film got me into skateboarding. Really? Yeah, that's what I, That's what made me want to start skateboarding oh. with Back to the Future. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something really random that I can say, oh, that got me into puffer jackets. Yeah. If you want to see a, a, a completely head-bending time travel film, though, watch Primer. Because Primer does not hold your hand, does not tell you what order things happen in, <laughs> does not tell you when they are happening, and you have to figure it out on your own. And some people have said there's at least six alternate timelines in that film, maybe up to about 32. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And I've watched it, and it is like, it's Take it notes. Is really weird because the same two characters appear in different versions of themselves multiple times. And at no point does the film tell you which are which. So you have to figure it out by watching it. I watched it and I was like, okay, I kind of, I think I see what's going on. And then I read a thing online that explained it and I was like, oh, oh I was way no, off. No, not at all. Way off. Didn't get that. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's a really good time travel movie, but it is an absolute head scratcher. So, yeah. if you could go back in time yeah. or forward in time... Forward. You'd go forward? Uh, always. Where would well, you go? Or how far would you want to go? I'd, and what I'd, would you want to do? You see, the, the, the difficulty with forward is you don't know if there's a cut-off point, do you? No. If an asteroid wipes out the Earth in four years, you could go forward six years and be like, oh, ah, there doesn't appear to be a planet anymore. This could be a problem. Yeah. I suppose going back to the past you at least know that we've got several tens of thousands of years of history that you can go to. Yeah. If I was going to go back, I'd go and see the pyramids being, being built. built. Yeah, yeah. Not just, I mean, I can go and see them now. I don't want to see yeah. them. You know, I, I want to see them being built, see what they were actually used for and how they were constructed. And see who actually or what actually who or what, uh, killed, them. Uh, killed them, built them. Yeah. Who killed the pyramids? That sounds like a really weird Agatha Christie, doesn't it? Really it really does, doesn't it? Um, dun, dun, dun. No, I, I'd, I'd be very curious because there were... <gasps> the, 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 Stonehenge. Yeah, Stonehenge would be another good one. A See good how mystery. That was built. But the, the pyramids would be more interesting, I think, personally. And then I guess the I would go back and see if, if Jesus was real. I'd um, go back and slap your mother. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I still can with yours. You can. <laughs> yeah, I'd go back and see if any of the stuff in the Bible was, was true. Um, That's quite a big you know. thing. There are like so many other things as yeah. well that you could... Can you imagine, though, if you went back and just like filmed it? With like, yeah, the pyramids I'd... were built by these guys. I'd go back mm. and I'd wait outside that printer for you that two days before and I'd trip you over. <laughs> Which wouldn't make any difference because I had it on a Oh, disc. bugger, yeah. See, we had to take ours in already. It wasn't... A printer, printer. They did the binding. They did the binding. No, well, these, these because they charged the you to print it. So yeah. we could we printed it at college and literally walked across the road with it. Oh, Damn God, it! No, we weren't allowed to print it at college because they knew that it was going to be reams of paper. So they were like, "No, you can't print." It Honestly, actually, resources. do you know what? I can't remember. We, they might have printed it for us. You like, probably bankrupted your university printing all that lot out. It was rubbish. <laughs> I don't know where it is now. I hated it so what was much. It on? I'm not going to tell you. Go on. I can't remember the exact way I worded it, but it was the effect of being in the movies on child stars and if it influenced their like personalities and their life. Didn't you do like a sewing degree? Yeah. But what are you supposed to write? <laughs> the thing is, the thing I like, I wanted to do... Costume design. Yeah, no, but you can't. It has to be really, really specific. Yeah, I know. So I looked at, at like child stars like Drew Barrymore, right. Shirley Temple, Elizabeth yeah. Taylor. Yeah. And looked at like Judy how, Garland. Yeah, like and look, basically looked at how fucked up their lives were. They were. Yeah, Julie Gar Garland was put on diet pills to be in The Wizard of Oz. And she was... You know, an yeah. ordinary teenage girl, and like Elizabeth Taylor, I think married married literally every one of her leading men, yeah, because oh, yeah. she couldn't because differentiate she couldn't between bonds normally, like, yeah, between fiction and, and real reality, reality yeah. because you know, and uh, yeah, Drew Barrett. Although the thing is, though, like now, Drew Barrymore's like a bit of a powerhouse because she's got yeah, her, she's got her own production her company production and company, sorts. and like you know all of that, yeah. But you know, her teen years were. Yeah, she all went over off the, the shop. Rails, so there was, there was like, it was to do with the film industry because basically, I did costume design, but also set and prop, and it was to do with the film right. industry. I think the first couple of subjects I wanted to do, they said weren't suitable, but that one was 
wide enough but also specific enough yeah. but like i'm not a psychologist i did ask one of my friends some like you know psychology questions as much and this was like back in the day where the internet was relatively new because yes we're that old yeah so i didn't really know how to use the internet as well as i probably should so most of my research was done from books right and and also i just hated writing i just wanted to be getting on with my actual final Work, yeah like piece which was bloody amazing but the trick is to find something you're interested and passionate about and write about that yeah but i was all but i was already like i'd already found my my like end of year piece was on the nightmares of mary shelley yeah and i was doing all the research about there was all kinds of symbolism things about dreams looking up the history of the time the history of the like costume of the time like geography and like all the stuff that was going on in history as well. So I had so much that I was doing and finding really, really interesting Yeah. that I really just couldn't be asked with my dissertation. I'm like, how can you ask me to study all this really interesting stuff that I'm loving? That was a big part of it, so, you know. But instead... But yeah, just as a, a harken back to your episode on Mary Shelley, Yeah. we just saw that her first edition of Mary Shelley's <gasps> Frankenstein has just sold for, was it 1.17 million? And I'm hoping like that. that my Christmas present this year is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, not that awesome. I can tell you that for nothing. Damn it. I don't have 1.17 million. Well, no, you don't anymore because you've just spent it on a book. If I had 1.17 million, I would do a lot <laughs> of things, but buy a first edition of Frankenstein is not one of them, I'm afraid. It's an investment, my love. Investment. It's not if that's all the bloody cash you've <laughs> we got. Can, we can live underneath it. <laughs> You'd have to. Yeah, no, if I had 1.17 million, I'd be buying a house and a car, not a, a book. And a younger wife. Can't be dealing with younger women. Maybe a maid then. Could yeah. you get a maid? That sounds yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Not, no, I don't like the term maid. Some, ha- some help around the house. The help. No, not the help. <laughs> just some help. Yeah. Or just we'll just keep moving house. It, yeah. Every time it gets a bit messy. Right, we're off again. Yeah. Let's go. This one's done. <laughs> Forget it. There's a cobweb in the corner. <laughs> the windows need cleaning. Yeah. Screw this. Yeah. That sounds more like us. <laughs> I'm sleepy now. <sighs> well, don't be, because you've got to do your minisode I next. know, I know. Right. So, what do you think? Is time travel possible? If it is possible, does it create paradoxes? Do the paradoxes sort themselves out? Do or... they destroy the world? Exactly. Is it all a big, weird bundle of wool? Also, where would you go and what would you do? Yeah, tell us where you would go if you if you had the ability to time travel. When I you would... time travel, do you have to stay in the same place? Because obviously travelling in time, am I just going to suddenly well, end up in someone else's living room because this house is only 10 years old? In theory, space and time are connected yeah. because space-time is a thing. So when you travel in space, you travel in time and in theory, kind of vice versa, but mm, I don't know. It all gets a bit complicated. Really does. But yeah, I... I think in the movies, generally, you always stay pretty much where you are or thereabouts. I mean, in Back to the Future, they drove down a street and yeah. came out pretty much at the same point in space. What what would you have as your time-travelling machine as well? Are Ooh, you going yeah. to go TARDIS? Jet ski. A jet ski. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've had oh DeLoreans, yeah. hot tubs, yep. a microwave. Yep. Oh, um, the weird chair thing. That, is it Jules, was it Jules Verne? Oh, Jules Verne's had machine, that beautiful, yeah. like 
yeah. like plush like yeah. velvet chair, wasn't very it? Very Victorian. Yeah, yeah, it's very steampunk. Uh, we've had kind of a weird platform and the back of a van. SpongeBob in goes in a in a photo booth. Oh yeah, because okay. I just I get that. Yeah. Microlite, maybe. Microlite. Yeah. I I really like the train in Back to the Future Three. That's yeah. really cool. Okay. Toot toot. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've been on trains that felt like they were going slower than time should allow. Oh yeah. my god. We go. Um, we're going to the past. It's yeah. going backwards. When I get there, it's going to be four years previous, and I'm not going to be at work. But then there's that train now that they've invented, or oh, whatever. The new Chinese one. It's like was it 600 miles an hour or something? 600 kilometers. An kilometers. Hour, I think it was, but it's the fastest. It's land still brain vehicle. melting. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the worst thing would be like roller skates, maybe, <laughs> or ice skates, because that'd be even worse. You'd have to find somewhere frozen to be able to travel in time. Yeah, skateboard, I guess. Skateboard would do it for me. That'd be fine. I feel like no, it needs to be something that encloses you, just you do, in do case. You? Yeah. That you that's turn up somewhere own. that's on fire or, yeah. you know, yeah. underwater. You and your skateboard are not going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> Come out in the middle of a glacier in the ice age. Yeah. yeah. And then get found by a weird sloth. <laughs> I was going to say, is there like or a, a squirrel with a, with a squirrel, nut? Yeah. I'm not quite sure what I'd want mine to be. Yeah. Volkswagen Beetle. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I'll have Herbie. Herbie, the time travel machine. Yes! Oh, my goodness. He is ageless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe Night Rider. Oh. That'd be good. Apart from his window wiper. Actually, do you know what? If I was going to do anything like that, it, it'd probably be like a helicopter. Ooh. Just because I just think that, like, if you look at, at like, the Earth over different years... Obviously, the it moves and you want to be up in the air. Things move, don't you? and also like Ooh. all the dust settling actually raises the level of the ground over over time and things like that. And obviously, some places it dips, so you could be driving along and then, and then go vroomk. like drive off a cliff when you come back or something like or that. Or driving you know? along and suddenly your wheels are four inches under the ground. Exactly. How would that work? So helicopter, I think you've got the so most chance of being okay. Like right, but then what if you appear in a plane's flight path or a building's been built well, again, and you're inside a building? If you're going back, hopefully there won't be an awful lot flying around, unless you go really far back and you you know smash into a pterosaur. Anyway, we have yeah, that's yeah, we have digressed. We've digressed so beyond the breaking point. You have a thank you. I do. So, yeah, so thank you to Barney Hodges for suggesting this episode on John Titor. I'll be honest, I think it was a hoax, but there is always the possibility that it wasn't. Maybe it was a hoax in this time stream. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) But it was true in another. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, okay, (laughs) fine. But, yeah, thank you to Barney for that one. That was a great suggestion, and it was an interesting topic that I was aware of, but I didn't I was go into not. it as far as I did. Didn't know that he was supposed to be a version of Kang in the Marvel Universe, but it makes sense. And now we know that Marvel is just the name for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And it may, it's... Now we've got to think of a word for each... For the of... acronym, yeah. Okay, so... We'll get on that for next episode. Oh. We're not doing it now. Damn, okay. <laughs> Multiple anomaly... Rescue vehicles, elephant limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. We'll, f- we'll, we'll we'll come up with something better. And if you can do better than all us, about it. Let yeah, us know. yeah. What do you, what do you think Marvel stands for? Tell us. And on that note, where could you tell us these things? 
they could tell us those things by shouting really loud. Yeah. Or they could actually just cont- yell them. <laughs> just- yell them into the sky. <laughs> we'll pick them up somehow. They could fling us an email. They could at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. We have a group and a page that directs you to the page. And there is a join group button there if you would like to join the group and chat to us. Instagram. Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness, which is where we are probably the most active. So if you want to message us on there or drop us a comment, we respond to everything we can. And we also have a website. We do. And I've been updating it. Yeah, for once. It is www.storiesofstrangeness.com. I have put up a gallery of images from our last minisode on the Kira object that was kind of a miniature UFO in Japan. If you're not familiar with the story, it's a really interesting one. Unfortunately, it's for patrons only at the moment. Well, that because is a slide into nicely into if you would like to support, support us. The show, yeah. <laughs> You can find us on Patreon. You can. And for a pound a month, we will give you a shout out on the show and say thank you so much. And for three pounds a month, which I think works out at about $4.17, something like that. I haven't looked at exchange rates today, but yeah, it's about that. You get access to our back catalogue of minisodes, of outtakes where we just mess everything up and you can laugh at us. And also we have some time-lapse videos from art that we've done for the show on there too. And speaking of artwork, yeah, if you'd like to view our artwork, uh, have a look at our logo, and you want those things on stuff, like stickers, clothes, etc. Uh, we mats, have <laughs> shower curtains. Oh my God. All of it. Mouse mats. The whole kit and caboodle. Oh, I love that saying. Okay, oh. good. We have a Redbubble account. We do. If you search for Zoe and Mike, all one word, you should probably find us. And, you know, have a look for the Stories of Strangeness logo. If that's on there, that's us. If it's not, it's probably somebody else. Yeah. Cool. Do we have a fun fact? Probably. We've, we've already given out some really fun facts. We've given okay. out the fun fact that Mary Shelley's book sold for $1.17 million and yeah. that I'm getting it for Christmas. N- n- no. And, yeah, the fact that John Titor was actually Kang the Conqueror, or a version of... Fun fact, Marvel is S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> loads of fun facts. Just take your pick, you know. In fact, pick one and tell us what your favourite fun fact of this episode <laughs> was and send it to storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. Woo-hoo! And on that note, I think it's time to go to sleep. I'm going to have a coffee. Okay, fine. Whoop, whoop. And a biscuit. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye. Ta-ta. Love you.